Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, hi, hello, everybody. It is your favorite host, Lauren Lowe. We are back this week with our May series on traditional Chinese medicine. Our last few episodes, we've talked about Chinese medicine in general, women's health, mental health, and today we are talking about pain. So for me, pain is something I've dealt with for a long time. I was in a lot of accidents when I was younger. I was ran over by a golf cart once. So yes, so it's been... A struggle with pain since I was maybe like 12, maybe even younger than that. And I've just dealt with chronic neck and shoulder pain constantly. And within the past, I'd say about like six months, they've turned into full on like migraines that I'll get once a week, sometimes more. And, you know, going to the regular doctor, traditional doctor's appointments they've just been like oh here's a muscle relaxer take this so it's been a lot of muscle relaxers since I mean even at age 12 they gave me like same thing muscle relaxers and it's never been like oh let's figure out what's wrong it's like oh we did an MRI we don't see anything take these muscle relaxers so um after a long time of being on muscle relaxers and you know, trying out physical therapy, that sort of thing. I just really wasn't seeing a lot of improvement. And Chinese medicine is something that one doctor recommended to me kind of as like an aid with physical therapy. He wanted me to try out acupuncture and cupping. And I was very skeptical of it, I want to say, not because I didn't think it would help, but just because of the needles was my biggest thing. And, you know, I went and I got it done and I would say the cupping definitely helped. I still get cupping done and I love it. It helps so much with my pain. I did get acupuncture and I don't think it was actually acupuncture. I, I was talking to somebody else about it and they said it's like another thing that's similar to acupuncture, but it's performed by a physical therapist or a chiropractor, but it's bigger needles. Oh, dry needling. Maybe. I don't know. It, I did not like it. I was not a fan. And so for so long, I thought that was acupuncture. And I was like, never again. That was <laughs> not, not for me. And now I'm realizing acupuncture is a lot different. And I definitely, I'm still very weary of it just because I'm so scared of needles But the more I talk with you, the more I think it really could help, especially with the migraines I've been getting, I think could be beneficial. So I'm excited to talk with you more about this today because I'm in pain 98% of the time. And, you know, I think there's so many different things that go into it. 
um, whether it's, you know, the accidents I've been in or sitting on the computer all day or a combination of those things. So with Chinese medicine, um, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Do you see a lot of people come in as like a last resort sort of treatment? Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, probably also going the same route that you went. Mm-hmm. You went physical therapy, tried chiropractors, they recommended an acupuncturist as a supplement. Um, actually, acupuncture has a lot of uh, benefit to improving pain. And that's one of the biggest uh, uh, number of patients actually that come to acupuncture more than all the other topics we talked about, the mental health, women's health, nutrition. I think pain management is probably the first in the U.S. And um, yeah, so sorry you had to go through all these things. I could have uh, (laughs) given you an earlier recommendation, but cupping definitely helps uh, and also a different type of electric stimulated acupuncture that we can talk about later. Um, Those are some of the more yeah, more common techniques. So yeah, unfortunately, it should be the first resort. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Does herbalism play a big part in pain management? Or is it more so the more physical modalities? I think for pain management, you will almost immediately see the results with acupuncture where you don't need herbal medicine as much. For people that maybe also have uh, a deficiency or in general, they're a bit more weaker and they have some pains, there may be a nice way to complement both where you're tonifying the body to improve cell regrowth or um, just in general, Im- improving the quality of your energy, your chi, which helps to deal with the pain as well. Or sometimes you have migraines, depending on what actually is causing the migraine. If it's an injury, it can be something else. But uh, herbs can also aid the clearing of the meridian that's responsible for the migraine, depending on the location. If it's on the sides or at the top of the head or the back, all of those mean different things. Oh, interesting. Okay, I love it. So if someone's going in with chronic pain, such as neck pain, which is the biggest for me, I have such bad pain on like the right side of my neck and my head constantly. So if someone were to come in with an issue like that, what does the process look like for either like diagnosing them or treating them? Yeah. So usually if you're coming in for pain, we still do the entire diagnosis. We'll ask about your lifestyle, your medical history, your family history, the food you eat, your sleeping pattern, period, Um, a lot of, yeah, just basic questions about your body. And then for treatment, usually uh, there's a combination of Twena, which is kind of like a medical massage. Uh, There is acupuncture, there's cupping, there's guasa, and sometimes they can all be used together. Uh, So depending on how long you've had a certain injury for, um, there may be uh, a lot of tension in that area. So one of the ways we would start to treat would be to use uh, acupuncture, but specifically with uh, electric stimulation. So there are these tiny little kind of like baby clamps that we put onto the acupuncture needle and then um, it stimulates a pulsing effect. 
So it's basically replacing what humans uh, or Chinese medicine doctors used to do manually thousands of years ago with a machine. (laughs) So uh, what it does is it actually sends a vibration through the needle and it has an insanely uh, high uh, effect. So it makes you feel really um, loose in the muscle area and some uh, some of my patients have said, yes, I, it just feels like jello in that area. I, usually I feel like I'm a walking brick and now I just feel like jello and I can feel like this for up to a week to two weeks. So, oh my gosh, I sound, I need this. <laughs> yeah, this it is sounds very, very similar to something I did at physical therapy, but it was just little patches that they put on that kind of did a electric pulse. Mm-hmm. But that sounds intense with the needles. I kind of like that. Yeah, the needles go much deeper. And um, also because some people have, you know, different levels of muscle tissue there, depending on the back or the shoulder, all that is uh, really effective with acupuncture. So that's probably one of the ways where you can see almost an immediate response from your body using uh, acupuncture or cupping. Gotcha. And so is that used in more injury pain or more sort of like muscular pain? If that Both. Okay. So um, for then injury pain, also depending on the kind of pain, a lot of people in general pain in TCM is uh, kind of like blood that's stuck in a certain area causing now a swelling and it's creating some pain. That's one of the examples of pain. And so in Chinese medicine, when we use the needle technique, it's to kind of loosen the muscles. Then after that, we may apply cupping, but before we apply the cup, we put a needle in a certain area to kind of like free up the chi there. Then we add a cup. And what the cup is doing is, um, One, this is kind of an intense technique, but it's called a bloodletting technique. So like I said before, the pain is an accumulation of blood in a certain area. Some people have really swollen knees. They would be great for this kind of treatment because the cupping basically takes the toxic blood out or the Mm -hmm. extra blood. It's not like a pool of blood. It's maybe tiny little drops, you know, like five drops of blood. And already you will feel relief from that. Uh, But also if you're not using this needle plus cupping technique and just in general, you go for cupping, what it does is it breaks down um, the cells in that certain area that's been suctioned. And now it's just kind of like killing all of the cells in that muscle tissue that no longer has oxygen because it's suctioned up into a cup. We leave it on for maybe 10 to 15 minutes. And then afterwards, you may see that um, the patient has really dark red spots, meaning that that area needed a lot of the cupping. And now that all these blood cells are basically killed from this deoxygenation, your body is sending a ton of new red blood cells to restore and repair. And um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing feeling as well. It's basically like an inverted massage, this cupping. So combined, you can really treat it for chronic pains or sports injuries, Uh, depending on the intensity, of course, but probably someone that has chronic pain, you know, for 10 years, you will need more treatments than someone that just like sprained their knee playing basketball or something that 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 will be the difference. 
Right. That makes sense. I love cupping. I tell everyone about it because it's, it feels so cool and it has been so helpful. It really does feel like an inverted massage. It's very, I mean, you can feel your muscles almost like pulling away from your bones. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good way to say it, but that's totally what it feels like. You feel like lifted. I love it. I think it's been really helpful. I don't know if it's helped a lot of my like specific neck pain, but my overall pain that I've had, like whether it be in my shoulder or just kind of headaches in general, or like especially my low back pain that I've had, it has been insanely helpful. Hmm. Interesting. Curious. So did you get the bloodletting technique as well? Or it was nope. just cupping? No, just cupping. But oh. now I want to try it. I'm just really scared of needles, but I think I can manage so long as I don't see it, which is, I think I can do it. Yeah. I mean, they're really thin. And um, once the needles are in you, usually in these kind of uh, pain areas, you'll either really feel it or you won't feel it at all because it's just in so much pain. But what feels great is after they uh, attach these electric stimulate, stimu, yeah, it's basically electric stimulation, um, the, the machine, then it's really kind of like pulsating the whole pain area and hopefully loosening all of that up. So I need to look, I need to find someone who does that because that sounds so helpful. I'm like, I will try anything at this point. And I think a lot of my pain too, I mean, it's so many different things. I think it has to do with like accidents and being on the computer. And then also like my wisdom teeth are coming in right now. So that's probably not helping. It's like, and it's all on my right side too. It's never ending. (laughs) <laughs> Never-ending pain, it feels like, so I'm like yeah. anything. So is it a pulsating, like a piercing pain or a throbbing pain or just like a general slow, dull pain, but it's impacting? Yeah, it's more of like the slow, dull pain. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like an ache. It's always there. Yeah. yeah. And it feels, I don't know, it feels like my muscles are so tight, which they are, because anytime I go in for cupping or go to the chiropractor, they're like, oh, geez tight over here, but I don't know. I don't know why it's like that. So two organs that um, control the muscles and the tendons are the liver and the stomach. So depending on how your emotions are or how stressed you are or how much toxins are going in and out of your body, your liver can also uh, suffer from its ability to make you a little bit more flexible or your tendons are looser, et cetera. Also with the stomach, some people are uh, a little bit more nervous or uh, in general, they could be overthinking, overworking. That will also impair your muscles. So some people that have like random cramping, for example, mm-hmm. they all of a sudden, or they always have a cramp or they always feel really tight. I always ask them about their stomach, how how are the emotions? How's the work? How is your diet? Are you eating regularly? Because often we don't realize that our stomach is like tensed up a little bit all day long and we're, we don't realize it, but that tension spreads to other muscles throughout the body because in TCM, we believe that the stomach governs all of the muscles, the liver governs all of the tendons, uh, et cetera. And there are some other organs that govern other things, but um, that can also be kind of a longer term, you know, a more holistic explanation as well to thinking about 
uh, yeah, why the cramping or the pains, so. Okay, see, I like that. That could make sense. I feel like it definitely could be very stress-related also, so that would make sense. (laughs) Yes, I think everyone in uh, the modern day is definitely suffering from some kind of liver thing and some kind of stomach thing, Uh, and that's just yeah, all the stress from working or um, working and running a podcast, all those things together. (laughs) Yeah. So many things. So I'm kind of curious now that we're talking about the stomach, tell me more about how that plays into things with Chinese medicine, because I feel like that's a topic that gets brought up a lot is the stomach and the liver too. So kind of break down why are those such big things in Chinese medicine? Why do those control so much? Yeah, so the stomach and the spleen uh, are the two organs that represent the earth element. And in Chinese medicine, we have five elements and each element has an organ pair. So the stomach and spleen go together uh, and it is considered a post-heaven organ. So what that means is that it's responsible for nourishing our bodies after we're born. Everything that came from our parents is pre-heaven and it stores in our kidneys. Um, And just a side note about the kidneys, it's seen as more of this vitality organ, uh, the thing that we're preserving, kind of like our essence the thing that we want to preserve, our elixir of life, and we don't want to overuse it because we may prematurely age, et cetera, but it all comes from our parents. And so for us to nourish that is purely completely using the stomach and spleen organ. And in TCM, it's actually uh, one of the most important organs because of that. Without a well-balanced stomach and spleen, we can't nourish the body. We can't preserve ourselves. We can't um, have energy. Uh, we'll have blood deficiency, everything. So because it's this central organ and it processes and transforms food and liquids and basically anything to keep us alive, it is so, so, so important. Um, And it's probably really mentioned nowadays because so many people have irregular eating habits that it's causing IBS, it's causing uh, loose stools or dampness, uh, extra water retention, Those are all symptoms of an irregular spleen and stomach. And so we actually focus on the spleen more than the stomach uh, in terms of priority of organs, but they're both super critical to maintaining our bodies and giving us energy. So um, especially for acupuncture, we use a lot of spleen and stomach points because anything that's maybe causing someone to feel a little bit more weak or lethargic or tired, we're always nourishing those points and kind of unblocking them if they need to uh, be stimulated, to help your body make more energy or just to balance everything. Those points are almost always used, and especially for women. Uh, We use some points that are really great for tonifying Uh, all of the blood in our body, because those are, again, organs responsible for making blood. And for the liver, again, a super common organ that is impaired from all the alcohol we drink, all the medication we take. I mean, anyone that's taking medication for migraines or muscle 
relaxants, your liver needs to process that. And the more it processes and the more energy it spends clearing all of these things out, the more impaired it is. And then it can't regulate the period. It can't regulate your emotions. You're irritable. Um, so those two organs tend to be more uh, impaired nowadays just due to our lifestyle and what's going on in the Western world. Gotcha. That makes sense. I, when I stopped taking a lot of medication that I was on, one big thing that I did was I wanted to cleanse my liver. And so I bought these like random pills, which now that I'm talking with you more and more, I realize I should not have done that, but it was like liver cleanse from Whole Foods or whatever. Um, And I don't know if they helped or not. They may have, may not have, but if somebody is looking to promote health with their liver or sort of cleanse their liver, what are some things that they can do to do that or keep it in balance in general? Uh, Great question. So liver health first begins with looking at the um, Chinese medicine body clock. So the liver organ is paired with the gallbladder organ and they, they both are most active from 11 to one and then one to three. So the first thing you can do is make sure you're asleep, not in bed at 11, but asleep by 11. So your body is um, no longer uh, spreading the blood all throughout your body to let you walk and think and breathe and move and eat. All the liver is now actually going to, all the blood, sorry, is going now into the liver to cleanse and allow you to feel refreshed and not toxinated from negative thoughts or stress the next day. That's why we always wake up and it's like a new day and we feel super good. Um, So the first thing you can do is just to go to sleep early and let your liver have its time. And the second thing would be really to avoid um, hard to digest foods and things that inflame the liver or can cause liver heat, which is a common symptom or side effect of taking prescription medication. Um, Heated things can then impair the liver as well. So what does that mean? It's not temperature. It's a Chinese medicine food property or herb property. So spicy foods, greasy foods, alcohol as well. Uh, Of course, like extended use of alcohol, Um, anything that's inducing more of this heat temperature can also maybe offset the liver. But some things to balance that then would be bitter things or sour things. Specifically, the liver, if it's out of balance, we recommend some sour foods because every organ has uh, a taste. So when we were talking about the stomach before, um, the flavor for the stomach and spleen is sweet. So if someone's craving sweet things, they actually have a spleen chi deficiency. So their stomach is really craving something. They're maybe using too much energy. They're not nourished. They're always craving sweet foods because they have no energy. So that's something we look out for. Similar in Chinese medicine for liver, if someone's craving sour foods, then their liver definitely needs some uh, rebooting. Uh, But if you're not, and you may have some signs of I don't know, red eyes or a red complexion, you're really easily heated or irritable or kind of easily flustered or angry or just mad, that can be a sign of liver fire rising. And then we would recommend more cooling foods or bitter foods or sour foods. Um, Of course, in balance, you know, don't just 
only eat those things forever. But um, yeah, I think some ingredients, like especially in the in the flavor categories, can really help liver cooling. But in general, I'm not sure what was in your Whole Foods <laughs> liver cleanse. Oh yeah. But we do have some really great um, herbal formulas that are really effective for helping general liver health. Like some uh, really common ingredients include mint um, and some more complicated names that I'm not going to pronounce in Latin now. But um, yeah, I think anyone that wants to try Chinese medicine with herbal with herbs for liver is really effective too. Okay. I like that. I think that looking at your food cravings is so interesting. That's such a cool thing. I haven't heard that before, but I can totally see how that would play in. Now I'm thinking like, oh, well, I crave this a lot. I crave that. So, Yeah. That's definitely something I always ask my clients when I'm working with them. What are your food cravings? Choose these five. And um, over a week, give me your food diary. So what are you eating when? So the timing of everything, I want to see if the timing is on time or not. Uh, the stool, some people don't realize they're, they're actually not having a bowel movement every day until after they make this diary. Um, and also the sleep quality. So, wow, every, every other night I'm tossing and turning. No wonder I'm so tired all the time. So these kinds of things I always ask because it's super, super telling. That's true. That's uh, now you're saying all these things and I'm like, well, I sleep bad every other night. Well, I crave sugar. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, there are ways to calm the mind, especially I think now we're in mental health month or mental health. Mm-hmm. It's definitely top of mind with Corona, but a lot of things uh that impact our sleep or overthinking also impact our digestion. So um, maybe this is level two of this podcast series, but uh, in acupuncture, everything that we do treatment wise is all based on meridians in the body. So meridians are these invisible highways connecting all of our organs. There are 12 main meridians, but all of those pathways completely explain oh, wow, that's why the stomach and the mind are connected. Oh, wow, that's why the liver and uh, the stomach is connected as well because of all of these pathways inside of us. So it all makes sense. (laughs) Gotcha. That does make sense. I love how everything's so connected in Chinese medicine. I don't think I'll ever get over that because just for so long, I've struggled with Western medicine and things being treated as separate issues. Like, oh, well, you have stomach aches, that's one issue. You can't sleep, that's another issue. And your neck hurts, that's another issue. But the way you're talking about it, I'm like, oh, well, maybe these are all connected because you know, you're saying if you're craving sugar, you need more energy and then your stomach's messed up and that can cause your muscles to lock up. And I'm like, this is all stuff that's happening to me. So this <laughs> sounds like it might be what's going on, but it's just not treated in that way. I mean, I'm realizing more just talking to you than I have like going to the actual doctor. Yeah, no, I think it's um, definitely Chinese medicine is really underrated in putting, you know, all of your problems together. 
So anyone that's going to try Chinese medicine, don't be afraid to lay it all out there because all of that information, every little thing counts. It's so true. So if somebody is coming in for treatment for some sort of pain, whether it's, I mean, for me, if I were going in, it would be for my neck pain and migraines. But if somebody else was coming in because of something strictly injury-related or something strictly stress-related, how would the treatment or diagnosis look different than one versus the other? Yeah, so for pain caused from maybe an injury or sports injury or accident, um, it basically is very straightforward. The doctor will read your tongue, that's always standard, and also listen to your pulse, Um, and what we're doing when we're listening to the polls is listening to three spots on each wrist and each spot represents a meridian. So depending on the pattern in that particular point, we'll know, okay, well, that meridian is really choppy and the pulse is like all over the place. So that one needs a regulation. That one is pretty normal. So we're not going to do too much there, but maybe something general, So that's what we're going to do always. It doesn't matter if it's pain or et cetera. Those are very standard uh, Chinese medicine diagnosis uh, techniques. And then for pain, what we always do is palpate. So sometimes it's not necessarily based on the books or what we study, the points, what what we'll treat, especially for these kind of injury type of pains. Uh, Wherever it hurts, the rule is the needle goes there. So... We're definitely pressing a lot, checking if this is hurting or not. So we'll do a lot of um, palpating and probably in the first treatment, you know, you'll feel some release, but we recommend continuing so that we can kind of uh, permanently try to unblock that pain there. Um, But for people that have maybe had a 10 year injury, that may look a little bit different. So usually for pain, we do less invasive questioning and more of, okay, well, where's the hurt? Let's treat it. How long have you had this pain for? Um, Maybe we need a different treatment, you know, using the electric stimulation. Maybe there was a lot of um, uh, scar tissue growing again. We need to use cupping. Then maybe after we will end uh, the whole treatment with guasa, which is like this medical massage, but actually... Now I think it's quite popular with this jade thing on the face. Mm -hmm. It's not just for the face. It's actually really good for um, scraping, not really scraping off the skin, but inducing an intense blood circulation in that area after the acupuncture, because now we're stimulating a ton of blood circulation, cell regrowth, moving the chi, healing everything there. So it's all used together, but of course, it depends on if someone has chronic pain or not. And then for stress, it's usually more, um, if you have pain from stress, we probably want to look at more holistically what is causing you stress. Maybe it's uh, causing you a lot of sleepless nights. That also will make you really tense up and uh, feel very cramped all the time. So maybe we'll use more relaxing points, less of this guasa, but more of the points in the liver. Um, we'll use a lot of points that are uh, calming the mind as well. And especially scalp acupuncture, super effective. My favorite. Oh, interesting. 
and also ear acupuncture. So I don't know if you've seen ear seeds, which has recently been kind of popular in the wellness uh, product it. world. What is yeah. it? So ear seeds, so based on the ear, um, there are actually quite a few points on the ear that associate to different parts of the body. And ear seeds are a really great way for people to maybe try acupuncture that is afraid of needles. Um, and basically during your diagnosis, uh, maybe after your treatment, you'll get some ear seeds to go home with because they can prolong the treatment. And what you can do is just press on the points on the ear and throughout the day for maybe three days, you can kind of stimulate um, this calming effect or Ooh, loosening interesting. the shoulders or um, regulating the stomach. There are a lot of points. I don't have the picture, but there are a ton of sections on the ear that you can put an ear seed. And it's basically like a little chia seed. And on the back, um, there is a bandage kind of material. And we just stick it on the ear and we just check with the patient. Okay, is it sensitive? Is it not? Some people have really sensitive ears. So they put it on and they're like, oh my God, it hurts so much. I can't even keep this on for an hour. Um, that's possible. But the longer you can keep it on, the better because you can just basically like give yourself micro acupuncture without the actual needling. That's um, so cool. Yeah. I really love that. I think anything that people can do at home or take home with them, I'm a big fan of. Because for some people, it's so hard to either get in to see a practitioner or continue to go to care super frequently, especially if you are dealing with, you know, pain or migraines or something like that. It can be hard to get out of the house and go somewhere. So I really like that. I think that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I think if you um, get a treatment and maybe you can't go again for another week or two, definitely ask your practitioner to hook you up with some ear seeds because that really helps. That's so cool. So I want to talk a little bit more about the modalities. Um, I know you brought up gua sha and that's something that I did with cupping recently and I loved it. I think it really helped kind of, for me, it felt like it was breaking up a lot of the pain, if that makes sense. And kind of just like really breaking up the muscle. So I want to talk more about that. How does it work? And is it usually used with cupping? Is it often used on its own? And what is it doing to kind of help pain or your skin in general? I know people, like you said, use it on their face. It's very versatile. Yeah. I think now it's more, it's pretty popular in the wellness world, you know, with these facial guasa tools, the roller or the stone, that's more of this heart shape. Um, so it's really just, uh, something that's quite hard. That's then penetrating your skin a little bit harder than, you know, you would, if you would just touch yourself or just, you know, rub your hand over your mm -hmm. leg or something. And so what the practitioner is doing is scraping in a certain direction to either follow the meridian pathway or to be against it. And so along the back, especially, we have a really long bladder meridian, actually the longest of the body. And a lot of the bladder meridian actually holds a lot of toxins. So that meridian can be seen as a big detoxifier. So when we're using gua sha more in the clinic and someone has having acupuncture, we like to use it definitely on the back, just kind of scraping all of that out. 
Also on the neck, uh, the bladder meridian passes there too. A lot of the tension that we hold is just kind of loosening everything, but forcing your body to loosen because it spends so much time hunching over and in this kind of contracted position. It doesn't really know what it feels like to loose anymore, but it's usually used in uh, combination of treatments because um, of course, we like to kind of warm up the body, stimulate uh, the blood circulation, maybe with some acupressure massage, or we'll do the needling, then we'll do the acupressure massage after to kind of okay. wrap everything up. So it, it's best to use them in combination. Um, but I think if you want to use it at home, it's really great to, you don't even need this fancy uh, stone, you just can take a spoon Put it in the fridge. It can be a little bit cold. Um, I'm not prepared. And what you do with the back of the spoon is just scrape your neck here like 10 times. And the goal is actually to make your skin a little bit pink. So you want to bring that uh, blood circulation there. So you can do it here. You can even use a hanger. So you just put the hanger on all that side like this and here on both sides then on also on the back of the neck uh, and do that like three day, three times a day. If you can, if you're sitting at your desk stuck behind zooms, I mean, why not? Okay, I'm going to start off. doing this. <laughs> and, I think that could help a lot. I think one of the things that I think really contributes to my neck pain, especially since it's gotten worse in the past few months, I think is just being home and being on my computer so much. And I think a lot of people, have the same issue. I mean, even when I've been going to the chiropractor a lot, big fan of the chiropractor, and he said he sees it so often, the same thing. It's like tech neck Mm -hmm. from sitting at the computer. So I think that's a really good tip just if someone's at home, because it's for me exactly where you were pointing to is kind of like the side of the neck, back of the neck. That's what gets really locked up. So anything to loosen it, I'm like, yes, please. Yes. And it's super simple. I mean, guasa doesn't have to be when I was a child. And um, another way to use guasa is to release uh, sun poisoning. Or if someone, you know, someone gets sunstroke, they've exposed Mm -hmm. themselves to too much sun and now they feel really tired. What you can also do is use the back of the spoon to just um, guasa literally means like scrape the saw out of your body. So gua means uh, to, yeah, to scrape or to scoop. And saw is like this extra stuff inside of you that you want to get rid of. And so that's actually what it means. And therefore the act of it is really to like scrape it. It's not meant to be like a soft, uh, nice, fluffy Mm -hmm. (laughs) treatment. So of course in TCM, everything needs to be a little bit uh, intense. Yes. <laughs> so therefore, um, yes, I always recommend making sure you do put pr- pr- some pressure because you want to really get things going there. And, um, yeah, after like 10 of the, 10 of those mo- movements, um, you should feel also a little bit warm, like your skin will mm-hmm. feel circulated and then take a break and you can do it again later. I love it. I'm going to try that out. So since so many people are dealing with this sort of tech neck issue, do you have any other tips for people of things they can do at home either to prevent it or make it feel a little bit better? 
Um, yeah, so what I've been loving, what I really recommend everyone is definitely trying to elevate your laptop, especially if that's your only screen. Get one of these laptop extender contraptions. I have one actually, and it's amazing. It just makes the uh, camera at least a little bit eye level um, then you're not hunching over and also the problem with hunching over is that over time our head is um, kind of like permanently in a angled down position and we may also depending on some type of necks uh, we may also start to um, compress the air that needs, or not the air, but the oxygen that needs to go to the brain. And so in some people that may have headaches, that totally makes sense. Maybe you just don't have the widest um, neck or the most circulated neck. So therefore you're limiting the amount of oxygen that can go naturally to your head by always hunching over like this. And with the phone, we're always kind of closing our faces. So standing up straight, making sure your posture is really um, straight and uh, square and upright. I mean, even setting a calendar reminder if you can handle that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think in general, also applying some heating pads so if you can, if you are stuck behind a computer all the time, making sure your body is warm helps to also circulate uh, the blood in that area. So making sure that you are stretching backwards sometimes and using um, the squash off for the neck tool, I think is great. But if anyone is experiencing a lot of pain for a long amount of time, don't wait to go to see someone because 100%. then it's kind of... It turns into something long-term and you don't want to be that guy that's really like constant complaining about it because you did get tech neck from this, you know, situation working at home all the time and everyone's just doing so much behind screen now. So um, anything helps just doing one thing a day. <laughs> yep. I think that goes back to what you said earlier about how prevention is key. Just trying your best to not sit like that. It's hard though, because I do it all day. I'm sitting at my computer and I notice myself hunching over like that. And I'm like, no, this is so bad. Um, but to start to wrap things up, this is our last episode. So I want to know, are there any final Chinese medicine facts or tips that you want to share with the listeners? Um, I think anyone that wants to try Chinese medicine, uh, should understand that you don't need to get all of it. It doesn't need to be completely comprehensible to you to try to do one thing uh, to incorporate Chinese medicine into your life. Uh, so don't be intimidated. It doesn't need to be perfect. You can just try to eat at the same time, try to avoid cold foods before your period or maybe in general, try to go, you know, for an iced coffee, every other iced coffee, maybe really no iced coffee. Um, <laughs> and I think I just want to invite everyone to listen to their bodies and find this connection with their bodies. And that's the first step. It doesn't have to be that I'm using Chinese medicine, I'm taking super expensive herbs, or I'm going for some really expensive facial acupuncture treatment. It doesn't need to be all about that. It can be practicing Chinese medicine can be really simple and very connected. So don't think that you can't do it. Nope. It's 
there's so much that goes into it and I'm learning so much the more we talk, but I definitely think that it's manageable to navigate so long as you're careful and look for the right things, which kind of leads me into my next question. If somebody is interested in seeking out Chinese medicine treatment, what are some do's and don'ts to look out for when either, you know, trying out a new product or seeing a new practitioner or something like that? Yeah, I think um, depending on what you're looking for, uh, of course, you know, for pain symptoms, you may not need to have a very deep connection with your practitioner because you kind of are going for something very specific and um, they can't really get it wrong for pain. But if you're going for something maybe more uh, long-term, whether it's hormonal health or period health or um, fertility, something like that, I think it really makes sure that you do find someone that practices both Chinese medicine herbs and also acupuncture because I do find that a lot of practitioners are not all using herbal medicine and it is a big part of Chinese medicine. That and dietary therapy, which is something that I practice as well with my clients. Um, And I don't know why they don't teach food therapy as much in acupuncture schools. So I think it's a huge miss, but food therapy and food energetics is super basic. And I think, um, that's really for people also to learn themselves, but to be able to maintain your bodies beyond the treatment. You know, you don't want to only rely on going to acupuncture and you have a treatment and you take the herbs and then after everything's done, it's all over. You should feel empowered with the knowledge and also using foods for every day, because honestly, anytime we can put food into our mouth, it's a way for us to heal if we can be smart about it. So I think looking for someone that's pretty, holistic and really clear on using, especially for herbal medicine, only using Chinese herbs, because I can't tell you how big of a pet peeve I have when I find out that someone is maybe recommending Ayurvedic herbs and Mm -hmm. then parts of Chinese herbs, but not really the full formulas. That is not the true way to honor Chinese herbal medicine or to practice it in the way that it's uh, being taught in the universities. So I think with herbal medicine, it's very important to be very mindful um, and making sure you find someone that's pretty educated and holistic with it and true to Chinese herbal medicine. But in general, I think uh, every practitioner knows that we have an energy that we carry. Some people we just can't treat and some people we can really treat. And um, there's a lot that goes behind this as well. But there needs to be, in Chinese, we call it yuanfin, uh, or to mean there's an affinity for kind of this togetherness, this mm-hmm. something that you can't explain. Um, do we fit together? So sometimes I, I also leave it up to people to really be quite uh, mindful of that and just to trust your gut really and listen to it more the more you listen to it the more you can trust it and then the more it can be there for you so right. I love that I think listening to yourself and your gut and your intuition is definitely a big part of it especially when finding a new practitioner because most of the time if something's off people can tell that something's off so very important and I think too it's just there's so many people out there 
practicing not just Chinese medicine, but holistic health in general. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are herbalists, and then there's a lot of people who are recommending herbs. And I think it's important to kind of find the line between that, because as you've said this whole time, it is so specialized and so formulated and certain things need to go together in order to be effective. So very important to look out for. Yeah, definitely. And everything in Chinese medicine, I mean, when we studied herbs, it's all in formulas. We actually memorize, we have to memorize the formulas before we can go off and add and mix certain things Mm -hmm. that we think may be beneficial for someone. So everything is actually based on formulas and then we customize. Whereas I think maybe some other herbalists that don't follow Chinese herbal medicine, they mention like, I don't know, milk thistle or like nettle in isolation, but that's not actually the way uh, Chinese herbal medicine is practiced. So anyway, I won't rant, but yes, Chinese (laughs) herbal medicine formulas always, and you can't go wrong because if you use a formula, you're usually always in the realm of Chinese herbs. Gotcha. That makes sense. So to wrap things up, my final question for you is where do you see yourself going in the world of Chinese medicine? What are your plans? I know you're doing so many things. You have your class that you're doing, you have product. So tell us all about it. I want to know what's in store for you. Oh, I wasn't prepared for this. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think I really am super inspired by Um, people like yourself that are interested in learning about Chinese medicine. And it motivates me to talk more about it, to educate, and also to empower um, those who want to learn more about Chinese medicine. So yeah, I'm, I'm of course, now um, teaching an online class for Chinese medicine for women's health. And this is actually the first time I'm doing a women's health class. And I am so blown away by the energy that I received from I love putting it. this class out there. Yeah, it's my biggest class yet. And I really wasn't expecting it. So I feel like the universe is maybe pushing me in the direction of um, empowering women or teaching more women about their periods and their cycles and how to just be more in tune with themselves. I love it. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm moving more in this direction of, um, offering more care for women, but yeah, I'm not sure at the moment. I just feel really great from, uh, sharing all this knowledge. So we'll see what happens. Perfect. Well, it was such an honor having you on the show. If you guys wanted to get in touch with Jennifer, all of her information is in the show notes and all over my Instagram. Please, please check her out. She's so amazing. If you guys liked this podcast and all of the other episodes, please, please, please don't forget to rate, subscribe, and leave me a cute little review. I will see you guys on Monday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.